It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shade Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, uh, yes, it does. KT on a throwback Thursday, live PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Great show in store for you. Special guest in just a sec, right at the top. Head coach Kevin Kruger joins me about 825, undefeated running Rebels, 10 and 0. And then hour number two, my good pal Andy Isco will go over all the college football, the NFL, get you caught up on everything. Rich Badge and Finley Toyota, out of town scoreboard. But right now, I want to go to a man that is big time in the Vegas Valley. This is a guy I've got so much respect for. Just out of admiration as far as his professionalism and what he does to help put together one of the most successful toy drives in the entire world. He is Chet Buchanan. He has been on SportsX Radio the last couple of years. Really appreciate getting him on. He's now, uh, I believe, in the middle or maybe uh, two-thirds of the way through yeah. this toy drive, Chet Buchanan, 24th annual Let's clue everybody in on a little bit on the history and whatnot. But first off, how are you staying warm up there? Is everything okay so far? So good? Well, it's good. Like you said, the 24th annual. So, uh, so we've, we've figured a few things out. This is like my 200. Is this my 260th day on a scaffold just like this? I think it's 259 for me on a scaffold just like this one. So we've seen, we've seen everything. We've seen wind, rain, snow, sleet, hail. I mean, you know, just every kind of weather you can imagine. So the, the keeping warm has been, uh, has been pretty good. Actually, in, during the day in the sunshine here in Vegas, it hasn't been too bad at all. I've been shedding layers. So it's uh, so far so good. And to answer your earlier question, this is day number eight. We are officially two-thirds of the way done. And if this was a uh, Golden Knights game, we'd be uh, the Zamboni would be cleaning the ice and we'd be getting ready for a banger of a third period. Yeah, they won't have to worry about that. Golden Knights about to win their 13th road yep. game in 16 attempts. I mean, unbelievable. We love T-Mobile. But at the end of the day, you're 7-7. Seven and seven. Just stay on the road, Coach Cassidy. Just stay on the road. <laughs> right. We'll be okay. Hey, Chet, real quick, let's go back. Uh, talk a little bit for those so many move into Vegas Valley year in year out but for people that don't know the history of this toy drive kind of take us back oh man back in uh, so back in 99 um, 
Kat Thomas was the program director of 98.5 KLUC, and he and I sat down. I was a brand-new morning show here in town, and we were looking for a way to make, a, you know, like a splash, but I didn't want to do a stunt. I wanted to I wanted to do something that might have, you know, have an impact and wanted to do something that would, that would uh, be good for the community. And so I'd always kind of had a... Um, I don't, not a fantasy, but just something in the back of my head that I thought it would be fun. And this goes back to when I was a little kid. I thought it would be cool to live on top of a something. When I was a kid, I thought it would be made out of wood. <laughs> this, one's, this one's made out of metal. But um, I thought it would be cool to live on top of a structure and stay up there until you raise $10,000. Which, you know, when you're a little kid, $10,000 might as well be a million. And that's really where Toy Drive came from and... Yeah, those first years were just kind of were just kind of wild west. We were down there at the corner of Maryland Parkway and Twain at Boulevard Mall, and and on a scaffold, and it didn't have any stairs, and and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't really well supported like it like the um, the the plywood that they used for it. It was double double thick plywood, but it was just it would get holes in it, and and you could literally see through down to the bottom of the ground, and and. You know, it was crazy. We we teamed up with the Nevada National Guard that year, those first couple of years, and just filled a couple of five ton trucks, uh, you know, full of toys, and and you know, and then a couple of two and a half tonners, and and then finally we we were like, well, we need something a little bigger, and so they went and got us a belly dump. And and I lo- I lost my mind. They're they're bringing it down Maryland Parkway, and I'm like, we'll never fill that. We're gonna fail, and I'm freaking out. And they were like, look, if this goes sideways, we'll put a false bottom. You know, we'll fill it up with boxes. We'll put toys on top. It'll be fine. You won't fail. And and we didn't. We filled the whole thing that first year, and it's just grown. If you would have told me. That I'd be sitting here on day number eight, looking at twenty six trucks almost filled, and looking in the neighborhood of six thousand bikes and counting, and, and over three hundred thousand dollars in cash and gift cards, and that we would only be about two thirds of the way there as far as totals. I'd tell you you were crazy. Yeah. I'd tell you you were just freaking nuts. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it's that's what it's come to. We're hoping to get all the way to forty two trucks filled. We're hoping to get all the way to 9,541 bikes and to 560, no, I'm sorry, $651,017 because that would be one more toy, one more bike, one more dollar in cash and gift cards. There you go. He is Chet Buchanan. Started out Thursday, December 8th this year, all the way through Monday, December 19th. He'll cruise, he'll be up there at the Nevada Energy 6226 West Sahara. Real quick, Chet, what's the coldest that it's ever gotten? Because we can get some serious wind this time of year in the Vegas yeah. Valley. Throughout your history of doing all of this on the toy drive, what's the coldest it's gotten? It, and, and a related question: There was one time when it was when it was so windy that literally every it was just me and the porta potty. There was nothing else up here because <laughs> it did because the wind had either taken it or we took it down, so the wind did not take it. And it was bad enough that that cat came up and he goes, "If you want to go down, nobody nobody would feel any lesser ab- about you." And I was like, "Yeah, this isn't safe." And then we both and he was like, "Yeah, you should probably go down." And then I went, "Nope." I said because we if I go down now, I can never tell anybody again that I never go down. Um, so that I don't even touch the stairs. I haven't touched the stairs in years. 
Um, and there's related stories with that. To answer your question, I have a thermometer up here that's been with me. It's, it's one of those, you know, old school clock thermometer deals. I've seen it as low as 18. Uh, another time I saw it as low as 22. Uh, right now it is 39. Not too bad. You'll take that all day. No, I'll take it all day. It's there awesome. you go. I'll right. be out here all night. Chet, real quick, how do people qualify to get toys from this toy driver? Is it already set through, you know? Oh, yeah. We're, we're way late. We're, to, we're 10 days until Christmas. So, so a lot of organizations. But here's what I tell people is like, yeah, for, for organizations like Help of Southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. And listen, they, they, Everything is documented. Every, everything is above board. Everybody, you know, they make sure that, that those kids are yours, you know, that kind of thing. So, so you have to provide, um, you know, ID and social security card and all that kind of thing. Trust me, if you're, if you're in a spot right now and you're listening and you're going, I need help, go find any church, civic organization, charity, anybody who does good in the community and talk to them now. Like, get and get on it. Because you're going to have to go to work. You're going to. You're. You're not. The, in fact, you're going to get told no way more than you're going to get told yes. But there is still time, and there is somebody who will help you. You're just going to have to get out there and and bust your butt a little bit. And you know, you didn't get into this situation overnight, and you're not going to get out of it overnight either. But somebody will help you. That's what I love about the Vegas Valley. And I've been here 23 years. You've been here longer than I. But mm-hmm. I love when the Valley, when people are down and out, the Vegas Valley comes together big time in more ways than one. Yeah. No, you and I have been here about the same time, I think. We got here at about the, right about the same time. I came in 99. Yeah, so I came here in March of 2000, and I love this place. Good I know job. you do as well, Chet, and I have so much respect yeah. for you. And again, you know, the tradition of being up there and never coming down and staying up there through the cold and the wind and the rain and whatever comes at you doesn't much matter because you're doing it for a cause. The 24th annual 98.5 KLUC Chet Buchanan Show Toy Drive presented by so many great sponsors, but you have so many great people. Real quick, can you throw a couple at them? Uh, no, as far as no, uh, you know what they get their love. They already <laughs> get their love. I'm not worried about them. Don't you know? Here's what I want to talk about. Okay, you got ten and zero running Rebels coach Kevin Kruger coming up in a minute. Have you ever taken a good look and noticed how much he looks like his dad? Oh yeah, no. Oh question. my god, no doubt. I've known you know, and I I met Coach K, Coach Kruger right when he first came here, and I met Kevin at the same time. In fact, we met at Toy Drive. They had just, the Rebels had just beaten Reno up in Mackey, and it was the first time in forever that that had happened. And um, so uh, Coach Kruger came down here and brought Kevin, made Kevin get out of bed and come down here to toy drive. And that's where we met. And, man, to watch him on the sidelines now, he looks so much like his dad. Don't tell him I said that. No, he likes, you know what, at the end of the day, that's not a bad thing. And Coach Kruger, uh, Coach Lon Kruger, of course, very successful here and really preached defense. I mean, no matter where he went, all those great stops that he had and uh, Hall of Fame coach now. Uh, but he preached defense. And the cool thing with Kevin Kruger is he's young enough to relate to the kids, but he's old enough to relate to dad's old school methods of it's not just about offense, got to play defense as well. Off to a 10-0 and start. And, of course, we've got Lindy LaRock with the Lady Rebels off to a 9-1 and start. We're looking pretty good on the hardwood so far. She's, and she's amazing. We could do this all night long for real. Um, she's fantastic. Kevin is, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this right now. So Lon Kruger just went into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Before they're done, both Kevin and Lindy will join him. You heard it here first. There you go. Great stuff. (laughs) Hey, listen, Chet, 
continue doing what you do throughout <laughs> the years, but you do such a great job throughout the year at KLUC and, of course, uh, so many other things. You're a great MC, no matter where you go, whether it's over there at Thomas and Mac, wherever you are, you are the professional, and I just love you, man, and you've got yeah. great energy, and you uh, kind of, you're a mainstay, you're a staple here in the Vegas Valley, and I appreciate you taking time out on this Thursday night. You're always way too kind to me, and I love you back, and I'll see you soon. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. There you go. Merry Christmas to you, Chep Buchanan, atop the scaffold. That's right. That's where he is. Uh, he just continues to do this year in, year out. Envy Energy 6226. If you pass by, beep the horn. He's up there, and he's staying as warm as he can. But 24th annual toy drive. And, yes, head coach Kevin Kruger going to join me in just a little bit. And then we will talk with Andy Isco in hour number two. Of course, i got my great producer, Mark Hoke. Mark, of course, the host of the Mark Hoke Show Sunday mornings. You like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show and we are rocking and rolling. Vegas Valley, we do have Thursday night football. Real quick, I will update you. As Seattle got in the end zone last I had seen to cut it to 21-13, and that's where they are, and it now is a final. 21-13, to so the Niners win it. They get the cover. Game stays under the total. And if you had that Niners defense, you got ripped off on a pick six when they called a personal foul roughing the passer on Nick Bosa. Thought it kind of a ticky-tack call, but that's the way it is. They really protect the quarterbacks in this day and age. But 21-13, the Niners clinch. The NFC West, they will host at least one playoff game. They go to 10-4. and four. Seattle drops their fifth in a row. They drop to 7-6 and six now, or 7-7. Seven and seven. They drop to 7-7, seven and 3-4 seven, and four at home. So Pete Carroll's guys have their work cut out if they're going to even make it to the postseason. We are live from Vegas, live PSBR Law Studios. I am Ken Thompson. My good pal Mark Hoke takes us to break. We'll be right back with head coach Kevin Kruger. Keep it right here. Hook me up a new revolution. This one is a lie. Sat around laughing and watch the last one die. Now look into the sky to save me. Looking for a sign of life. Looking for something to help me find out right. Uh, KT on the Throwback Thursday, Sports X Radio, rolling at you. Andy Isco joining me, hour number two. Thanks to Chip Buchanan and what he does year in, year out. 24th annual toy drive over there at the NV Energy. And he's up there on that scaffold. And uh, he looked a little bit uh, com- more comfortable than I saw maybe a few years back. He's dressed for it now. He's ready. After 23 of those, he's got it down. And he's got a great you know, group behind him that makes sure that he's up there and ready. But love Chip Buchanan. Great people. And I know how much he loves UNLV sports. And a hire today, a offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino, going to be here in town, football team, new makeover. We'll get into that down the line. But right now, we're going to talk some hardwood, some college hoops. That's right, running Rebel basketball. How about UNLV? doesn't matter where they play. They could play on the road. They could play in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center. They could play at the MGM, Garden Arena. It doesn't much matter. 10-0. and 0. Off to a great start. Head coach Kevin Kruger joins us. He's been on SportsX Radio many times. We appreciate him. Between you and Coach LaRock, not too bad. Off to a 19-1 and start. But Coach Krugs, I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun to watch this team. So many new faces. And i got to give you guys a lot of credit, you and your staff, because it's not easy in this day and age when you have you know, the revolving door, guys graduating, guys moving on, and then there's that thing, the old two words called, the transfer portal. My goodness, how you guys stay on top of that, and then you've got to mesh 
these players together, try and get some type of uh, cohesiveness, the chemistry we all talk about, and you've done an outstanding job. You and your staff off to a, an impeccable start and two more games before conference play starts up at San Jose. But you have two more non-conference games coming up and a pretty good San Francisco team. But right now, Coach, first off, how are you doing this time of year, Vegas Valley? I know things are going well on the hardwood, but how is Kevin Kruger doing? I'm doing well. You know, I've got uh, our youngest just turned one at the end of November. And so, uh, you know, we've got a, 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 we're at a fun period in life right now. There you go, getting no sleep as we speak, which is uh, <laughs> a little right. choppy. Yeah, exactly. Unpredictable. You don't much mind. I remember uh, my daughter, Kiara, every time she would whimper, it was just something about it. I just got up and I didn't even care. I know I was half asleep, but there was just something about running there and just making sure she was okay. And I'm sure uh, no matter how tired Coach Craig, Kevin Kruger is, he's going to be that attentive dad, just like he is attentive to his players on the court. Let's talk about this team, Coach, because, uh, again, you know, 10-0 is 10-0 and and off to a great start. And I know you're somebody that's, you know, like your dad, one game at a time, not going to get ahead of, uh, you know, where we're at. But it is nice to get off to that unblemished start. Talk to me a little bit about this team, the nucleus, and some of the guys coming over, because there is a lot of dealings with the transfer portal and uh, EJ Harkless kid comes over from Oklahoma. I mean, there's a lot of new faces. Uh, Rodriguez, Luis Rodriguez coming over from Ole Miss, uh, Shane Knoll from Arizona, Elijah Parquet, Colorado. So, you know, Jackie Johnson, the third from Duquesne, a lot of players coming over. I- I'm just impressed again, how you guys are able to get these guys and then have them kind of connect to where they're able to play together. And, you know, throughout the year so far, create more and more chemistry between them. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, one, one thing with the transfer portal that uh, these guys that came in, in in this past spring and summer, they were, uh, you know, they just have a lot of experience. You know, I was I was watching film a couple weeks ago with uh, Parquet, Rodriguez, uh, EJ Harkless, and, and Justin Webster, um, just as one of the kind of group breakdowns. And, and I jokingly, I kind of looked at him, I jokingly kind of said, you know, you guys almost have 20 uh, years of college basketball experience between the four of you. And, you know, they kind of looked around and, and, and smiled and, and, but, the, but there's a value to that. You know, they, they just had EJ was counted on every night in the big 10 in the big 12 for the last two years. Uh, Lou starting, I, think, I believe 49 of his last 60 games at Ole Miss and the SEC. Parquet was known around the league. When, when we signed, when, when e, Eli Parquet signed and we saw, other coaches out on the road recruiting, I think we probably got as many compliments uh, for him because of how disruptive he can be and how much of just a ball hawk he is and how, how he can just make it really hard to score. And, uh, but, he, but he doesn't necessarily jump out in the stat uh, column on the score side. And uh, so just uh, guys with experience, but guys that hang their hat on the defensive end, I think is, is the reason that, you know, we've been able to get off to a good start because even when we're not scoring, uh, we've so far up to this point at least, we've we've gone through stretches where we do a really good job defending. And you, from your playing days, Coach Krugs, you were uh, pretty efficient from the three-point line. I mean, you were somebody that tried to get other players involved from that point guard position with the dish, but when left open, you'd knock that shot down more times than not. Keyshawn Gilbert, that's a guy after my own heart. I love the three ball. When you get a guy shooting better than 56%, very efficient, 17 of 30 in the early going, kind of like that. When you see him open, you're kind of confident that he's going to be able to knock it down from behind the arc. 
Oh, without question, you know, and and I think with when you when you talk about a, a shooter or a player like Keyshawn and kind of what he's doing, you know, he, you can if you watch a game, you know, he's somebody who obviously didn't shoot it for a great percentage last year, but he doesn't take any bad ones. Um, you know, he's he's when he's open, he shoots it. Um, he's confident in the work he put in in the the spring and the summer and the fall, and you know that his ability now to stretch the floor has has really, I think, just made us more efficient offensively. You know, the first couple of games, I think, uh, you know, teams weren't sure and, and we were still kind of finding ourselves. But now that now that other teams have to talk about and discuss, you know, Keyshawn Gilbert, he's kind of a, a no-looks guy. You can't, you can't leave him open. And, and that's something else that uh, teams have to focus on. It just makes us that much better. There you go. And, of course, I was uh, talking to Chep Buchanan, uh, talking a little bit of defense because, you know, your dad always had good, solid defensive teams, and I know that's a pet peeve of yours as well. Talk to me a little bit about getting the guys to buy in that they've got to play on both ends of the court. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, when, when you've got as many transfers as we do, um, it, I think it's just, and this is just kind of a personal gut feeling, but it's just going to be harder to get out there and just have that offensive chemistry of, you know, back doors and back picks and flares and just like all these sweet kind of plays. I think it's just uh, there, it, there can be just a little more bond formed um, on the defensive side and, and we can just kind of make that our staple. And, and I think last year's group continued to get better as the year went on. And I think this year's group kind of just picked up, picked up where they left off and uh, has just been really good defensively, but it's still getting better. And you've had some shot blockers, uh, had some last year. It's always nice to have a big guy to where when you know other guys have somebody maybe blow behind them that you've got a guy like David Moaka that's there that's capable of you know slamming that ball off the board or uh, just getting an altered shot. They don't have that statistic for altered shots. They got the block shots, but there are shots that Moaka alters, and uh, it's good to have that nice presence out there for 21 minutes a game. Well, without question. I mean, I I even remember, and this is kind of it's kind of weird because it just it just kind of uh, went into my head. Uh, I remember when my dad was in Atlanta coaching with the Hawks, they charted uh, how many shots the Kimmy Matumbo would alter, you know, because he might end up, a, he might finish a game with one block, but he might alter six shots. Mm. And, uh, and those are most, a lot of times those are just as good as the block. And, uh, and David's kind of been the same way. And, and even Vic, I mean, you could really, you know, the, the, those two guys and the way they've played, and kind of the the energy they brought, the ability they have to guard multiple positions um, has really allowed us to do a lot of really good and fun things defensively. Coach, uh, again, conference play will start up against San Jose State on the road. Uh, You'll have that home opener here against San Diego State conference-wise, but a couple more games. San Francisco, good, solid program. Lost the other night, 67-64, to another undefeated team from the Mountain West, New Mexico. I'm telling you, Jamal Mashburn, Jamal Mashburn Jr., uh, of course his dad, outstanding at Kentucky and in the NBA for years, but 23 points. It's going to be a lot of fun in the Mountain West, and when you uh, kind of look up and down, this is going to be one of the stronger years, I think, from top to bottom for our conference. Well, I think, you know, as you know, in the, in the basketball world, uh, you know the the Mountain West Conference is always incredibly respected and uh, appreciated, and and uh, you know the, the games are are pretty good in the non-conference. But uh, I think what what we're seeing you know this year as kind of a carryover from last year is just uh, the conference just continuing to gain respect. And uh, and as you mentioned, I think that you know we sent four teams to the NCAA tournament last year, 
And I think we're, we're going to be on pace to, to do the same uh, this year. And, uh, and hopefully we can become, you know, a, a, a traditionally three or four, you know, potentially five team conference in the, in the, or five teams from the conference going to the NCAA tournament. Coach, talk to me a little bit about your staff as far as the assistant coaches, because every good head coach will be quick to point to a staff and say, hey, these guys take a lot of pressure off me. Uh, they're going to work with the players and, and do things that I won't be able to have all the time to do. Talk to me a little bit about your staff so that the Vegas Valley can be familiarized with the guys that help you out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a unique situation, you know, with, between uh, with Tim Buckley, Carlin Hartman, and Brandon Chappelle all leaving last summer, um, three guys that I had known really well, uh, got to know really well and considered uh, to be family. Um, but we really couldn't have gotten luckier with, with the guys that have uh, have joined. Um, Barrett Peary came over from Texas Tech, uh, a huge gift for us to, to have him join the staff. Uh, John Cooper, who's been coaching, I mean, he was at Oregon when, when uh when we played uh when I was playing in college and so to have him and his experience and his ties uh and then uh, Jamal Williams who was at the University of Washington when I was uh at Arizona State so we played against each other a bunch and then kind of got to know each other on the recruiting trail as uh you know as we've kind of grown in the in the college coaching uh, kind of the business uh just couldn't have gotten any luckier with the with the three that we we had Jordan, Will Saxton, and Deshaun Henry both staying on um, from last year. But, uh, but we have fun. We have a lot of fun being around each other. We have a lot of fun working with the guys. And uh, and uh, that's kind of our message that we talk about with them and with each other. You know, it's, it's, this should be fun. You know, you should enjoy going in every day and enjoy being around each other. And and and, and we do. And I, I think uh, that's why uh, one of the reasons that we're off to a good start. Sportex Radio here in the Vegas Valley, 8 to 10, Monday through Friday. Coach Kevin Kruger joining us here as we finish up, uh, doing an outstanding job, running Rebels off to a 10-0 start, San Francisco on deck. Coach, a little bit different era. I mean, you're still a young guy, especially compared to me and your old man, but at the end of the day, uh, things have changed over the last several years. You have the NIL, you have the social media. How do you and your coaches kind of keep uh, reins on the guys as far as you know keeping track of that, or do you have enough trust in them that uh, they're going to – pretty much abide by, you know, what, you know, coaches are looking out to make sure that uh, they're able to keep it all in line. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 like you mentioned, it's just, it's a very different era. It's a very different time. Um, A lot of the things, you know, like, you know, gone are the days that, you know, it it hadn't been that long since I played, but I mean, you you wouldn't dare try to throw out a, a, you know, certain little team rules that you might've had. I mean, that, that we had a handful of years ago, uh, because they, they no player would even they'd just look at you crazy now, and uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those where I think a lot of it just goes to the relationship and uh, and trying to build that that trust with the guys to where they know when you say something or when you try to give them advice or encouragement to not do something or to do something that's going to help their career or their experience that even if they don't agree with it or don't like it, it that they believe you and. And because it's just, it's changed so much, even since the days since the, when I was a player, where you know there there wasn't back and forth when I played, you know, and, and when as my dad, I'm sure, can tell you, when the majority of his coaching years, you know, it wasn't a you know ninety percent of things were not a discussion, and uh, and that's one of the I think one of the bigger things that has changed in the last handful of years in in our game and 
and in the college game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't think there's a bad thing in having a discussion, but it's just a little bit different. And uh, But I think at the end of the day, you just got to really find guys that, that, that want to listen to you, want to be coached, want to pick your brain, um, and, and also so that, that will give you, you know, their advice when you want it. Because there's a lot of times where I'll ask Jordan McCabe or Keyshawn or EJ or, or down the list what their thoughts are or what they think. And, you know, because of what they invest into the game, you know, we'll take their, their opinion um, uh, pretty seriously, just knowing it, that it means a lot to them. That is huge, Coach. And, of course, uh, that third game of the year against Dayton, outstanding team, and it was a tough go of it in the first half. But you guys got that final bucket there to cut the lead to 10, and then a great second half. I thought defensively the team was outstanding, and you kind of pulled away there from the Flyers, and that's a good, solid team. Harkless had an outstanding game, big-time second half. Uh, Talk to me what it's like when you get a team like that to come out to Vegas, how big that is for the fans, and that they should start looking at that schedule and appreciate who you're starting to line up as far as future contenders out here uh, coming out to play the UN, UNLV running Rebels? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, scheduling right now in the NCAA is uh, it's something that everybody's trying to perfect, and it's really tough. But, you know, we were at, when you talk about Dayton being a ranked team and, and they've dealt with uh, just a ton of injuries so far, so we, you know, we know that they're, they're going to get going and they're going to, you know, be a, a really tough at the game to win, <laughs> you know, especially as they continue to get more and more healthy. San Francisco coming off a an NCAA tournament bid, you know something that that's that's hard to do, and uh, you know, but uh, this this is a team I think, like you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the Dayton game, just, uh, but the games, uh, all the games we've had so far, just how hard the guys play, they just they enjoy playing, and uh, I think, uh, you know, you not only UNLV but the city of Vegas just appreciates, you know, watching the, their sports teams and their 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 players and their athletes just go and play as hard as they can. There you and go. Uh, I think anybody that comes to the Thomas and Mac or watches the, the running Rebels play is going to appreciate how hard they play. I'm telling you, and this Saturday, 2 o'clock, San Francisco comes in. A couple solid guards in Shabazz and Roberts. These guys averaging 14 points a game, a nice dynamic duo in the back court there for the Dons and looking forward to that one again should start getting these crowds to understand uh folks if you're out there and you have not taken in a running rebel basketball game understand that Kevin Kruger is building a program there Lindy DeRock Lindy DeRock doing an outstanding job last year with the Lady Running Rebels it is great as far as UNLV basketball here in the Vegas Valley coach Krugs appreciate you taking time out on throwback Thursday uh, my best to uh Alon and Barbara your parents are phenomenal just love those people and uh great to have them back Back out here in the Vegas Valley as well, watching their son excel. Uh, let's take care of business against San Fran Southern Miss and then go to San Jose, start that Mountain West Conference. No pressure, Coach. Just uh, keep that goose egg where it is. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Outstanding stuff. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, guys. Great stuff. Head coach Kevin Kruger just loved the guy, loved watching him play. He was a floor general for the old man. He played at Arizona State, then came over, finished his last year here for dad and the UNLV running Rebels. And, of course, uh, Pops leaving. And, you know, we had some some lean years here over the last uh, decade. But good to have head coach Kevin Kruger and head coach Lindy LaRock there with the Lady Running Rebels. Take a break. SportsX Radio, keep things rolling on a throwback Thursday. Get you caught up on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Live at the PSBR Law Studios, I'm Ken Thompson. Producer Mark Hoke takes us to break. We'll be right back. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble When you're perfect in every way I can't wait to look in Cause I get better looking each day To know me is 
used to love I must be a hell of a man Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble But I'm doing the best that I can uh, Throwback Thursday, now Mark Hope throwing it back Mark said, KT, see if you can figure this out. And he gave me a hint, the Muppet Show. You better help me out, Mark Hoke. The voice sounds very familiar, but uh, I can't tell you. And I wouldn't cheat, wouldn't look up online, didn't want to do that. Just wanted to see. The voice does sound familiar, but uh, not not 100% sure. Ken, you know the title, right? I don't. It's hard to be humble. Wow, that's... That was... Gave that one away. But that is Mac Davis. Wow, there it is. Mac that's Davis, Mac everybody. Davis, there you go. All right, yeah, I re- I loved him, and uh, was he in North Dallas Forty? Yeah, that yeah. was him. There you go. See, it was sports related. How about that? There you go. Good stuff, man. Plus, you know, UNLV's perfect. You know, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Yeah, Kevin Kruger is one of those humble guys, and he gets it from the old man, Coach Lon Kruger, as humble a man as uh, as I've met in the sports world, and Hall of Fame coach now, and well deserved for a long time. <clears throat> He's been doing it uh, at so many different venues. And uh, I think I want to say taking four or five universities to Sweet Sixteens somewhere in that. I want to say at least four. Yeah, it might know. be five. Yeah, might might have been up. five. Yeah, Oklahoma was the last. Yeah, but but I gotta say, boy, is UNLV's athletics really starting to pick up all around? And you're seeing some improvement in the football team. You know, but the basketball team one loss between the two of them so far. Then the women's volleyball team went twenty-seven and three. And it would be in 27-4, they lost in the first round of the NCAAs. But, man, some good things going on in Rebel Land. All right, so they hired Barry Odom. Barry Odom, of course, was the head coach for Missouri. But then after he was let go there, which was his alma mater, he went to Arkansas under Sam Pittman and ran the defense. And Sam Pittman, a defensive-oriented coach uh, for Kirby Smart in Georgia, doing a real nice job down there in Fayetteville. But UNLV, that was their hire. And so... There were those initially that said, I don't know, because it's a defensive-oriented coach, and in this day and age of offense where you got to score a ton of points, how's that going to work with the kids that you're trying to attract to come out from transfer portals and whatnot? And lo and behold, grabs one of the most innovative offensive minds that we've known over the last couple decades in college football, Bobby Petrino. Now, Coach Petrino, of course, yes, first thing you'll think about are maybe some of the off-the-field shenanigans, but hoping that and seeming like he's learned his lesson from back in the day when he was at Arkansas and now bringing him over as offensive coordinator. So uh, there's no doubt that this guy can put some offensive plays together. Can we get the uh, the athletes now in here to run you know, things the way that Petrino wants and Coach Odom on the defensive side of the ball. Look, the Rebs got off to that great 4-1 and start, but then sputtered, and they had some injuries. And Doug Broomfield, the quarterback, who's, I think, a very explosive quarterback, uh, has a lot of potential. And if you can start putting pieces around, and UNLV had a pretty good recruiting year last year, but with the transfer portal open, and any time there's a coaching change made, you got to watch because it becomes that revolving door. But I would think with Petrino and Odom, pretty good combination there on paper. If these guys can deliver on the recruiting trail with the staff they put around them, I think UNLV football could be on the way up. Yeah, absolutely. And Petrino's a great offensive mind. NDSU was dealing with him while he was at Missouri State. I was happy to see him leave. Don't have to mess with him anymore. But, you know, football usually leads the way. You know, football and men's basketball. And, 
the the football team has started to get better, but you know you have a, a lot better facilities there. You got an NF, a college team playing in an NFL stadium, and that you know star strikes some kids. You know they're they're going to come down here and see what UNLV has to offer, and it's got to be making it easier for all the sports uh, to be able to recruit uh, here at UNLV. And you know things have changed here in the city. I mean it's it's a way different place than you know when I moved here almost 10 years ago and uh, you know, it's, it's become a much more destination place, but I think it's also become more of a, um, uh, more of a, a community than just think about the strip. You know, it's changed a lot. And I think parents are probably going to feel a little bit better about sending their kids to UNLV now than maybe they did 15 years ago. Yeah. I don't know what the, uh, the price tag will be there for, Offensive coordinator Bobby Petrino coming out here because this will be the first time in two decades uh, that Coach Petrino will actually be an assistant. Was an offensive coordinator at Auburn back in 2002, uh, but very successful as far as head coaching stops. Uh, head coach for Louisville, Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Jackson, and of course talked about his days at Arkansas as well. So, you know, there's no doubt this guy can flat out coach, but to see him take the assistant coaching job, like you talked about leaving FCS-level Missouri State, uh, you know, lets me know that UNLV is anteing up to put a complete staff together and get this program elevated to another level. Well, and the thing is, is that I, I felt like once they got into Allegiant Stadium that, you know, you've got the Raiders here. What, a, what an attraction for a, a football player to be around that. You know, if you look, Pitt was down for a while, and then all of a sudden, you know, they started – Playing at Heinz Field, well, it's not Heinz Field, Heinz Field anymore, but, uh, you know, and interacting with the Steelers and getting their facilities up to par. And now Pitt's a pretty solid team. I mean, UNLV, you have a, I think you have a real opportunity to win there in the Mountain West. Now, you've got the best stadium by a mile. Uh, you probably got the second best TV market. Uh, you know, and the other one, San Jose State, and you know, nobody has really talked about San Jose State for much of anything for a long time. So I think UNLV's got a, a unique opportunity, plus the NL, NIL money, you would think, should be out there with all these casinos and other companies here in Las Vegas. So I, it would seem like the future should be pretty bright for UNLV at this point. I agree with you. I think uh, the ceiling is high, and we'll see if UNLV can capitalize on Barry Odom as head coach. And, of course, Bobby Petrino, now his offensive coordinator, as things move forward to the 2023 college football season. We've got a lot of college football to talk about tomorrow. Brad Powers and I, we tape it early, the Friday football fiasco. We'll get going at about 8 a.m. tomorrow. Mark Hoke loves coming in that nice early oh, time. I, I, so I know much. you do. You're like you're a morning guy. There's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that'll be fun. We'll get into all the bowl games up through the 23rd of December. We've got the Las Vegas Bowl right here in our backyard on Saturday. I'll be there with my wife, Christina, and uh, looking forward to that. Oregon State and Florida. Now, a lot of the players for Florida will not be playing for Coach Napier, but uh, including quarterback Anthony Richardson, but Oregon State, just about everybody there for Jonathan Smith. That's why the line has ballooned up to minus 10 for Oregon State, the Beavs. But looking forward to that game. Stop by uh, and grab my press credentials today at the uh, beautiful Virgin Hotel over there, former Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, you know, always nice to have a good solid bowl game and to get an SEC team like Florida out here and a Pac-12 team that had an outstanding year. I mean, Oregon State real close 
to uh, having just one loss. Lost a couple tough games. The one against USC should have had that one, uh, if not for the old uh, Bush push times three, where you had three offensive linemen for USC getting Caleb Williams that extra yard and a half he needed on a fourth down to keep that last drive alive. And FC was able to capitalize. Also, the cool thing with Coach Bobby Petrino coming in town, he's 61 years old, which means he falls right in the middle of that demographic there, 40 to 72. That's right, the Preventative Diagnostic Center. So we've got to make sure Coach Petrino and uh, everybody else that falls in that demographic gets down there to see Dr. John Pierce and company. Why? Because we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease, cancers. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call now, schedule that free educational consultation. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, Let them know KT SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. You get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist a few days later. And it's pretty neat. You get a, a whole thing all typed out on each individual organ. And uh, then you have a, a disc as well, a CD disc. So you have all that information on there as well. And this way, worst-case scenario, there is something maybe going on in one of your organs that needs a, addressing that you know, hopefully you get to it in a timely manner and uh, better safe than sorry. You know, we again, talked about head coach Mike Leach passing away in Mississippi State. You know, there's no telling that if he was out here and had gone to the Preventive Diagnostic Center, whether or not, you know, he would have had that information. But more to me, more likely that he would have had information or his doctors would have had information to see that there could have been something on the rise as far as that heart and, uh, you know, gives you an opportunity to make sure that, you know, at all times you're ready just in case something does go down. We talk about the Widowmaker for the guys. There's a reason they call it the Widowmaker. You get blindsided by one of those massive heart attacks. And, you know, Coach Leach, from what we understand, that was a massive heart attack and just never recovered and passed away just a couple days ago at 61 years old, same age as Bobby Petrino is right now. Uh, Heart CT scan and calcium score special. Folks, go in and check it out. $125. Six hundred dollar value, guys. Especially get in there, check out the heart, make sure you don't have those arteries clogging up. Don't get blindsided by that widowmaker. Six hundred dollar value, your significant other absolutely free. So twelve hundred dollar value, the two of you can get that heart checked out. You know, stocking stuffer. You kidding me? What better gift, right there, uh, to put in that stocking than a little certificate, and get down there and see Dr. John Pearson Company over there at the Preventative Diagnostic Center. The website is pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. And again, that phone number, 534-7900. As uh, hour number one, flying by, Ken Thompson, uh, producer Mark Hoke. I'll get to all the scores when we bring Andy Isco on in just a couple minutes. Uh, I will update. There's only uh, there's a couple of college basketball games going on right now. Santa Clara, 86-74, about to put away UC Irvine. Big second half for the Broncos. Going to break a losing streak, get the win in the cover. The game has flown over the total. And Seattle U and Oregon State, speaking of the Beavs, they're up there in Corvallis, and the Beavs have grabbed a three-point lead. Early second half, still 14-32 to go, 41-38 Oregon State up on top of Seattle U. Middle Tennessee State, they fell to Tennessee Chattanooga at home. Blue Raiders lose it 82-73. to In the NBA, all Suns in L.A. blowing out the Clippers, trying to break a, break a losing streak, and they're doing it in a, in a big fashion. Suns 73-43. They lead the Clippers 848 still to go in the third quarter, and the other three games are final. 142-101, Grizzlies win their seventh straight, 111-108. 
Rockets take care of business, or I'm sorry, Heat take care of business against the Rockets. By the way, the Grizzlies beat the Bucks 142 to 101. When's the last time Giannis and the boys lost that badly? We'll get to all the other scores when we come back, including Vegas Golden Knights. They were in action. Andy Isco going to join me as well. You're listening to SportsX Radio right here live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. I'm Ken Thompson, your host. You keep it right here. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744, 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com, use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com, and by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, hour number two, Throwback Thursday. Andy Isco joins me in just a minute. Follow him on Twitter at VegasAndy711. Follow the show at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson87. Archives up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. And, of course, my producer at Mark Hoke Show, H-O-K-E, and his uh, show on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here. You like professional wrestling. You will enjoy the Mark Hoke Show big time. Uh, update on the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard, the Thursday night football game. I'll get into that with Andy Isco. 21-13, the final 49ers over the Seahawks. Game wasn't as close as the final score. Two games going NBA. In fact, one has just finished up in overtime. The Jazz have beaten the Pelicans, cool off New Orleans, 132-129. to And uh, Phoenix had that 30-point lead down to 21, still 5.07 to go third quarter. Look, it's the NBA. Crazier things have happened, but they're still up 21, trying to break a losing streak. We'll see if the Suns can do that. They went off six-and-a-half-point favorites in L.A. against the Clippers, total 218. We'll follow that one as it rolls on down here in the second half. College basketball, that Seattle-Oregon State game now tied at 45, 10.46 to go second half. Uh, Santa Clara finished off UC Irvine in a game that flew over the total. 86-74 to was the final Broncos win at home, and Tennessee Chattanooga, the Mox, Beat the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State on the road, 82-73. to There were uh, some extra board games, uh, just in case you did have them. Presbyterian beat Elon, 69-63. That line went from 5-6 to six at the Westgate Superbook. Five and a half everywhere else, so it just depends when and where you played it. Uh, as Presbyterian pushes that closing line, total 130.5, and, and the game hits 132. Wagner beats Stony Brook, 58-55. Don't cover the seven. Game stays under the total. Wisconsin at home at the Kohl Center took care of Lehigh, 78-56. Minus 22.5. 
They won it by 22. Go figure. Nickel State 88-73 beat Southeastern Louisiana. 78-70 UL Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns win at McNeese State, but do not cover the 12 and a half. And Colorado at home in Boulder. Pound at North Alabama, 84 to 60, laying 21. They win it and win it by 24. Meanwhile, if you had a little parlay with the Philadelphia Flyers, Mark's Flyers, and the LA Kings who were in Beantown to play the Bruins, $100 would have got you back, 1078 That's right, Philly, 2-1 to one win at Jersey. They were plus 280. And then you had the LA Kings, plus 210 in Boston to play the Bruins. The Kings beat Boston 3-2, to two, Philly 2-1 to one over the Devils. Same 2-1 score with Dallas doubling up on Washington. By the way, Ovechkin got his 800 the other night, and he's got this trademark now on GR and then the number 8, the great chase as he tries to uh, hone in there on the great Wade Gretzky, who's got him by about 90 goals right now uh, career-wise. Carolina 3-2 to two over Seattle as uh, the Hurricanes win at home. A lot of one-goal games tonight. Anaheim on the road. Could have got them as a plus-145 in Montreal. They beat the Habs 5-2, 4-2. Pittsburgh doubles up on the Panthers in Florida. Uh, they were uh, just plus-105 in that game, 6 the total, so pushes the total. Tampa Bay at home skates past Columbus 4-1. to Rangers win at home against Toronto 3-1 to as slight dogs on the ice there at Madison Square Garden. Winnipeg, a 2-1 win in Manitoba against Nashville. 4-1 Vegas gets that win. The Vegas Golden Knights, 13-2-1 on the road. Remarkable record on the road. Uh, boy, might might actually be, is it 13-2-1? Yeah, I think it's 13-2-1, either that or 14-2-1. But they are just playing ridiculous hockey on the road. 7-7 seven and seven at T-Mobile. But they continue to excel away from home. St. Louis comes back and beats Edmonton. Trailed this game three to one, and the Blues plus one fifty five win it four to three in Alberta against the Oilers. And Buffalo doubles up on Colorado, uh, beat the Avalanche four to two. They were a plus one sixty. So a good night for the underdogs on the ice. And now they look at the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard. Oregon State forty nine forty five now over Seattle. They go under the ten minute mark, and the Suns still up nineteen on the Clippers seventy eight fifty nine four fifty five to go third quarter. Andy Isco, great to have you, my man. What about that Thursday night football game AI? Because it ends twenty one thirteen. Uh Niners had a pick six taken off the board. Uh talking about a little bit too much weight from Nick Bosa being put on the quarterback, Geno Smith. Boy, I'll tell you, Andy, they really get ticky-tack as far as that. I know they're trying to protect the quarterback. I didn't think it was anything egregious, but nonetheless, that cost the Niners another touchdown defensively. But, boy, if you have the Niners as your fantasy defense, you're feeling pretty good because you're going to get points from that D night in, night out. Yeah, before mentioning our Going over that, I want to make a suggestion. Maybe the Golden Knights ought to consider wearing road uniforms for their home games. I don't know if the NHL allows that, but maybe wear the road uniforms and make more tickets available to the opposing fans, and we might see an improvement in that uh, performance. I don't know that there's a connection, but it can't hurt to at least suggest it. You know, Andy, that, that is funny, though, because remember, as we're growing up, the home teams always wore white, right? That was the thing. They'd wear white. Now it's more or less, you know, NFL, NHL. I mean, everybody's wearing the, the, the darker jerseys or the colored jerseys, their colors, on the home court or ice as opposed to the way it was, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago. 
Yeah, and now, of course, you've got five or six and maybe even more uh, different styles of uniforms for each team that they can keep switching uh, now and then. Back then, you had a, a standard home uniform and a standard road uniform, basically, in all sports. And, of course, that's part of the merchandising arm of the uh, professional sports leagues. It's been very profitable, will continue to be profitable, and so we're probably going to even see more variations of different teams' uniforms, caps, uh, etc. Now, as far as uh, Thursday night goes, uh, Seattle's just overmatched. Remember, they lost the first game down early in the year, 27-7 at San Francisco. I did play Seattle tonight. I backed it up with uh, uh, including them in, in a couple of teasers, uh, which almost uh, went down. Uh, it was down for most of the game, actually, because the uh, Seahawks uh, scored late, and then the game ended, I believe, with the uh, 49ers kneeling down on the Seattle, too, so that would have put teasers in jeopardy. would not have affected uh, the total, other than maybe some teasers. Uh, but clearly, this was a game that uh, was going to define Seattle's season. Of course, we know with a win, San Francisco would have uh, clinched the uh, NFC West, which, of course, they did. Had Seattle won, it would only be a matter of maybe next week or the week after. But it would have kept Seattle's hopes for a playoff spot much more alive. Eight and six is certainly a lot better than uh, seven and seven, especially when you consider that Washington and the Giants are both seven, five, and one. The winner's going to go to eight, five, and one. And the loser's going to go to seven, six, and one, which is going to be better than seven and seven. So for that reason, I expected a much better effort out of Seattle, a game that might have been decided in the uh, closing minutes. But uh, I'm not going to say they overachieved uh, compared to preseason expectations because I don't think anyone expected Geno Smith to be as uh, as competent the quarterback as he has been now for more than two-thirds of a season and that's largely due to uh, uh, you know to, to the or largely contributed to Seattle's success uh, but San Francisco uh, you know battling injuries again uh, still find a way to win and you pointed out the main reason why it is that outstanding defense uh, that makes them right up there with Philadelphia and you know maybe a gap could but Dallas also has a very solid defense. But, you know, you can certainly put a blanket over Philadelphia and San Francisco as far as who's going to win the NFC. And if it's a very big blanket, maybe you put Dallas in there too. But they, they're clearly third out of the three teams. Yeah, and Seattle got a break tonight. No Debo Samuel. That's what makes that offense more explosive. But George Kittle came up big, four receptions, 93 yards, two touchdowns. And then Christian McCaffrey, probably the best acquisition during the season by any one team. Uh, 26 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Had another six receptions for 30. Just a very versatile player. As long as he stays healthy and they get back a healthy Debo Samuel, you couple that with that defense, I think, you know, Brock Purdy's efficient enough to where, you know, we look back at the Trent Dilfer, Baltimore Ravens teams just don't lose the game. Let's uh, let our defense dictate tempo, and then our offense just needs to do enough. You know, it's early, very early in his career, but, I mean, is he any significantly different than Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not known for his big arm and just winning games? And I hate to use the term game manager, but in effect, that's what it is. Don't make mistakes. Don't be overly aggressive. Play within yourself. You've got some great teammates around you. You've got a good offensive line, good skill position players. Don't make mistakes. And, you know, and we say it all the time, teams that don't turn the ball over uh, tend to have much more success than team, teams for which losing turnovers is an issue. And there are, there are a number of those in the NFL. That's right. But if you didn't watch the game, you wouldn't know 
that uh, Quandre Diggs had an interception. I mean, lofted by Purdy. Purdy never saw him. And this was one not only, Andy, should it have been picked off, there was a chance he could have taken that to the house. And that was right before, you know, they end, San Francisco ends up getting a big play and a touchdown uh, to Kittle. And, you know, it's uh, one of those deals to where, you know, it's a swing of 14 points potentially. And so Seattle was right there had they gotten that play. I remember they were showing Richard Sherman there on the sidelines as Diggs dropped that interception. And Purdy threw it so soft because he didn't see the safety there. He it almost just almost reminded me of a Derek Carr interception last week. Yep, exactly. Uh, maybe just a little bit more uh, velocity on that ball, but you're right. I mean, that's how uh, softly it was laid out there because, again, Purdy never saw the defender with Carr. It was a little bit different. He got bumped by his own guard there and uh, ended up, you know, kind of throwing it off balance. But it was a, a big time mistake there, a fatal I'll blow. I'll attribute it to a rookie mistake that he got away with. There you go. All right, good stuff. Twenty-one thirteen, Andy. What's your take on the Niners? They're at ten and four. They they wrap up the NFC West. Uh, still three more games, but they know uh, that they've got at least that one home game. Now you just want to basically, you know, get your team ready and make sure uh, you get everybody healthy, including guys like Debo Samuel. That's a key part of that offense. Yeah, it's most likely going to come down to, well, I'll have to throw Minnesota in there because of their record, but it's, I'm going to guess it's going to come down to uh, San Francisco and uh, Dallas for that number two seed. And, of course, you don't get a buy as the number two seed anymore with the expansion of the uh, playoffs to uh, three rather than two uh, wild cards. Although I won't rule Dallas out of winning the NFC East because they do have that showdown at, uh, with Philadelphia uh, next week. You know, maybe, and maybe that's part of the reason why we're seeing such a short, relatively short line uh, with Jacksonville uh, this week. I mean, I know Jacksonville had that big upset last week, but this line and Dallas struggled tremendously and fortunate to win. Uh, but I think also part of it may have been that maybe they caught looking, maybe they were caught looking ahead. That should not be a problem for Dallas this week now that they got that great scare. So they're a little bit more focused this week, which means that they still have a chance. So I would still say that uh, Philadelphia most likely to get the number one seed. Uh, I'm going to say that, uh, that, well, if Dallas beats Philadelphia next week, I'm going to say they get the number two seed, San Francisco's number three. But you're right. Either way, they're going to host a wild card game and probably against a team without, without a I don't know that there'll be any other teams that'll win 10 games outside of those three. Well, Minnesota, but they'll be a division champion. So they might play a relatively mediocre wild card uh, opponent. We'll get into the NFL schedule for this week, but before we go to break, Andy, wanted you to reflect on the late Mike Leach. It kind of shocked us all when he uh, was listed in critical condition and then passes away just a day and a half later. Uh, very innovative mind and was reading some of the uh, stories uh, about him when he was an offensive coordinator and then, of course, as a head coach, but a uh, wild one when he was an offensive coordinator there at Oklahoma, how he had uh, you know dropped some paperwork purposely uh, hoping that the University of Texas would would grab it. One of their uh, student managers or whatever, assistant coaches, grabbed it, a grad assistant. And, uh, you know, by the time they found out, they were duped. They were down 17 nothing. But Texas ended up coming back and winning the game. But it was just funny to read the whole thing, how it transpired and how and it I all came out. I didn't read the entire article. Was that done deliberately, a yes. fake game plan that yeah. was dropped? Yeah, it was. And he even had Cal Gundy's name on it. And uh, what happened was, you know, the, the kid saw uh, one of the grad assistants, I guess, saw the paper drop. And that was the whole thing was that the guy was jogging off the field and it was planned. And so as he dropped it, he never looked back 
to see did I drop something or did anybody and so never looking back that kind of let them feel like oh my gosh we got something here and as they looked into it and it was a defense coordinator and a couple of the other guys on defense and they never told uh, head coach Mac uh, Mac Brown they never told him yeah, and and they, and they did not do the righteous thing by turning it uh, back in and, and it cost them so maybe there's some poetic justice in that but as far as Mike Leach is concerned uh, he is uh, known as being a character in quotes and in the best in the best sense of the word he uh, spoke his mind he had a great a great uh, personality, a very intelligent guy, had a law degree uh, as well. I think uh, I think that was from Pepperdine, if I recall correctly, uh, and uh, had a very interesting career of inter- interesting life, tragically uh, cut short. Uh, the tributes coming in from you know a lot of coaches for whom he worked or for whom he coached against. Nick Saban uh, had a statement that was uh, very genuinely uh, uh, positive about uh, uh, Mike Leach, of course, they had a bit of a relationship on uh, the Alabama staff. Um, looking at at his career, a very successful career, uh, he did make a couple of uh, uh, mis- mistakes strategically, and maybe that stubbornness, his refusal to uh, uh, use the uh, running game when trying to protect leads. I forget the bowl game in which it was involved, but I believe it cost him one of those. But a very innovative coach, of course, along the lines with, I think, where he began his career, if I remember, Hal Mummy, the old uh, Kentucky coach, uh, with uh, the uh, innovative, uh, unorthodox uh, offense and uh, genuinely uh, liked he had some some negatives of course that have been documented but all in all uh, a credit to his profession and someone that people he's the kind of guy you and I could sit down and have a beer with and we'd probably end up talking for you know three or four hours and maybe of the three or four hours maybe one hour of it would be on football there you go yeah definitely a fun guy uh kind of like the guy that uh, took over Washington State before it was let go. Nick Rolovich, I remember hanging out with Coach Rolovich, another uh, quirky guy that just had a lot of fun and talked about a lot of different things outside of football like Coach Leach did. And in fact, Coach Leach never even you know playing college football. That was unique in itself that he was a rugby player but was really enamored with Coach Lavelle Edwards' uh, teams over there at BYU where he went for his undergrad. So uh, pretty interesting life that Mike Leach lived, and of course, uh, the folks in Starkville kind of shocked there uh, with the sudden ending to his life. But uh, he will be remembered, and Mississippi State's got a January 2nd bowl game, and they are dedicating that to head coach Mike Leach. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco. By the way, I'm surprised the line has not moved in that game. Illinois opened and remains a two-point favorite in that game, and here it is four or five days later, and there's been no movement. I, you know, I, I happen to like Illinois in the game before all of this happened, but now I don't know if I'll play the game, but I certainly expect to play uh, Mississippi State in the first half. Yeah, that's a good call. You know, but sometimes, Andy, when you look at stuff like that, you know, you would think, okay, the team's going to be fired up, but sometimes it it backfires. I, you know, I've talked about that too. Where you know, sometimes teams can when just... it's real close to game time, that mm-hmm. is correct. Two or three days, for example, college basketball regular season uh, situations like that. But here you've got what three, uh, two and a half, two and a half to three weeks to process it, to come to grips with it, accept it, and have that energy build up a little bit and not have to explode all at once. So the coaching staff, if they do a good job in bringing them around. I expect a very good effort from uh, uh, from Mississippi State in that game. Don't forget tomorrow, 
8.30 a.m. Pacific time. Bowl time, baby. It starts up. Bahamas Bowl, Thomas Robbins Stadium in Nassau, Bahamas, Miami of Ohio, UAB, the Blazers of UAB favored, minus 10.5, your total at the Westgate Superbook. And then later in the afternoon at high noon, it is Troy in Texas, San Antonio. It is the Cure Bowl from Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Right now, Texas, San Antonio, minus 156.5. That line keeps flip-flopping back and forth. Andy, that should be a dynamite game with Troy the Trojans, the winner of the Sun Belt, Texas San Antonio, the winner of Conference USA. Yeah, and as far as the uh, Bahamas Bowl, the Cure Bowl might be aptly named because that uh, Miami and Alabama Birmingham is not exactly an exciting game, so it might be a cure for what could be a boring football game in the first part of the uh, doubleheader. Uh, but uh, uh, interestingly enough, Miami's had good success against the spread in bowl games, and they still have their current coach. Or was it? I believe Chuck Martin is the coach, and I believe, and it's been spread out over five or six years. They've been to three bowl games. They are three and zero. Against the spread, uh, they're one and two straight up. The one game they covered, I think, was either last year. They won and covered was either last year. They were a small favorite in their bowl game. They won by ten. But the other two times they covered, uh, they were double-digit underdogs, as they are here. So I uh, haven't done anything yet, but I want to see if this line moves up to eleven. Often they'll bet the favorite uh, as we approach game time. So I'm going to be uh, having my hand on the uh, uh, my finger on the the app button to uh, maybe get in on Miami at plus 11 or have to settle for 10 and a half if I start seeing it go. But as far as the second games go, that's a classic intriguing matchup. Troy, statistically, uh, I think they have a top 10 defense in the nation, certainly as measured by yards per play. San Antonio has one of the uh, top offenses and uh, uh, makes for a compelling matchup when, when you've got strength versus strength. Troy's defense against uh, uh, Texas San Antonio's offense. I look at the other matchup, the weakness, which is really Troy's offense and Texas San Antonio's defense and I see if I can find an edge there and to the extent that I've seen Troy be able to run the offense much more efficiently put up points later in the season makes me believe that if a key play has to be made with Troy having the ball on offense against San Antonio's defense late in the game the offense will succeed whereas if San Antonio has the ball late in the game against the Troy defense I'm looking at it as the defense has a greater chance of succeeding may not work out that way, but that's the way that I look at these types of matchups, so I am on Troy tomorrow. There you go, and you talk about Troy and their defense, senior linebacker Carlton Marshall, now the all-time leading tackler in NCAA college football history. 121 tackles this year, and what a stellar career there for the Trojans. Uh, They've got a great running game, combination with Vidal and Billingsley as well, over 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns, takes pressure off Gunnar Watson, and they need to because he has 10 interceptions on the year. He's got a couple uh, receivers in uh, sophomore Tez Johnson and senior Ray J. Johnson. Uh, Stoudemire pretty good as well. And then for UTSA, Frank Harris has been explosive as heck. You talked about that offense. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, He's got Barnes in the backfield. Pretty good. Brody as well. And Zachary Franklin, uh, one of the better receivers in the country. Uh, he and Joshua Cephas, outstanding combination there. So we'll see if the Roadrunners can indeed hang with the Troy Trojans. I think it's going to be one of those games you want to see because it or, is... Or uh, vice versa. 
Yeah, exactly right. If the uh, the defense can hang with the offense, Troy, to, if I can't get the early lead, slow the game down, keep Harris on the sidelines as much as possible. Yeah, no doubt. They've got uh, Craig Slocum also ninety six tackles, very solid, and T.J. Jackson eight sacks there for the Trojans. We take a break. We keep things rolling. Hour number two, Sports X Radio. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, lots of NFL to talk about. We gave you that final score: twenty one thirteen. Niners beat Seattle on Thursday night football. They wrap up the NFC West. They'll have a uh, a game at home, at least one game. At home, we'll see how things pan out when we get to those NFC playoffs. We are live from Vegas. Keep it right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I care, but I'm restless. I'm here, but I'm really gone. I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, baby. And what it all comes down to is that everything's gotta be quite Yo, we let this song roll, old uh, Mark Hoke will be ready with that dump button. Alanis Morissette coming back on a throwback Thursday as uh, Mark's been in the hits on a Thursday night. I was uh, tempted to let that go just to see what he had there as now, far as how long I, that clip th- would go. This one's the safe one, if I remember That's the Walmart correctly. version? Now, this is the safe song. There's, I believe you're thinking of Jagged Little Pill. No. Because there, there, there's a couple of bombs in there. Uh, no, in in this song too, it's uh, Chicken Blank. Oh, okay, that, that she that she comes out with. So I, I do remember, uh, you know, m- most of my music. I don't always remember the artists. I mean, you're you're on you're outstanding as far as memory on music. Uh, that's why I said I, I'd have to phone a friend on that last one uh, and call Christina. She'd get it, but uh, she's fast asleep, of course, and doesn't bother listening to Sports X Radio any longer. Well, I don't blame her. No, <laughs> exactly. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Lannis is uh, is bitter. Was bitter back then. Sure, a lot of songs about boyfriends and things like that. There you go, exes, I should say. Wow, and we all and and Ken, how many of us men paid for those songs? Oh man, like jagged little pill. That that's just the one that if someone was dating you and they didn't like you all of a sudden, oh good lord, well, what about, it was an you know, anthem. Oh, here's the thing. I I, I would think uh, you know with your with your life. I mean, if if you can sing at all, I would think you'd have a million songs to write about exes. Oh. Ken, if you, if, you, if you only knew. I just, I know a little I bit and that's enough. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, you know man. the tip of the iceberg, brother. Wow. Oh. Boy, I'm glad. Oh. It'd be like the book of war and peace. Isco's read that several times. AI, uh, I know you stay up on all the sports and you go way back. Billy Moore, who was the first U.S. Olympic women's basketball coach and led UCLA to the 1978 national championship she passed away at her home in California, was 79. She had coached at Cal State Fullerton and, of course, UCLA. 78, she had star players Ann Myers, Anita Ortega, and Denise Curry. And uh, she was an outstanding coach, the winningest coach in UCLA basketball history for the Lady Bruins, 296 and 181 overall, 436 and 196. Wanted to remember her. She and Pat Summit, the late Pat Summit, went into the uh, Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame back in 1999. And uh, Pat Summit on SportsX Radio several times before she passed away, but wanted to get that in there. Uh, boy, people passing away. The late Paul Silas. Uh, I did not mention that. Uh, just happened a few days back. And then Borye Salming, outstanding hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I remember him as I was growing up and he just passed away a little bit ago. Uh, I think, uh, battled ALS, but you know, just, uh, seeing a lot of people passing away. And Andy, I guess the older you get, more and more people that you know pass away. 
Well, at least more and more people that you've heard of. You may not personally know a lot of them, but obviously celebrities, whether it be in the sports world, the field of entertainment, politics, business, whatever the case may be, you know, the population of the world continues to expand. And as a result, more and more people are in limelight. And I think that's only going to continue with more people. What, what I'm uh, sort of uh, uh, down and sad, sad about it is the number of the young entertainers who are passing away before the ages like 40 and 30. And, you know, they're talking about people who are almost millennials. And that seems to be a shocking number relative to the uh, uh, the general population. No doubt. And of course, we've lost a lot in our field as far as, uh, you know, sports handicappers, sports uh, radio personalities, TV personalities, Brian Blessing, Ballpark, Frank Harnish, uh, Dave Malinsky. I mean, there's been a bunch over the last yeah, several Greg years. Greg Garabin's another. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want to keep them uh, in our memories. Grant. What's that? Brett Grant. There you go. Brett Grant. Love Brett Grant. Yes. Every time I see a St. Louis score, especially those Cardinals, he loved his Redbirds. Yeah. Yeah. I got Rob Rishi and John Struan and my two buddies loved the Cardinals, but nobody loved them more than Brett Grant. He loved his St. Louis Blues. Uh, He's passed away before they won the Cup a couple years back, but... And he loved those blues, and he loved hockey big time. Man, he would have been... St. Louis is one of the greatest sports cities in the country. Yeah, and the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. I mean, those fans, second to none, no question. Uh, Andy, real quick, speaking of baseball, Carlos Rodon did sign with the Yankees. I just saw that big contract. Been a bunch of signings. How about Carlos Correa, 13-year deal with the San Francisco Giants? Yeah, I guess that was the big, the big one that the uh, Giants had to make or, or, or ended up making when they couldn't get Aaron Judge. I personally thought Judge was going to sign with San Francisco, considering his roots and everything. But apparently, conversation with Hal Steinbrenner, owner of the Yankees, uh, convinced him to stay. And I think Judge is pretty happy being there. And I'm sure that for him, uh, because of the emotional attachment to the uh, Bay Area, it was a hard decision. Uh, but I think ultimately, he's very comfortable being back in New York. And uh, he did have some things to say about the fans turning on on him in the postseason, which I think uh, uh, is a very legitimate gripe. I mean, uh, but, you know, being from New York and you in the New York area, you know, when they love you, they love you greatly. And when uh, you're disappointing them, they let you know it. No doubt about it. Stripling, the pitcher, also signing with the Giants. Syndergaard to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. Uh, Cubs and veteran right-handed pitcher Boxberger, a one-year deal. And then Mark's Orioles. They signed Frazier, Adam Frazier, for a year. So, uh, you know, Hoke, your, your guys are uh, they're not just going to sit back idle and let the Yankees do all the big signings. You came up with Adam Frazier. Not a bad signing. It It's an upgrade from Odor. So if you're looking for a guy, you know, and they need a left-handed bat. So it's it, if, if he comes through and has a bounce back year, that's going to be a great signing. But otherwise, it's it's a nice depth signing for them. And with a lot of young guys in the infield, so not bad. I'll, you know, we'll take it. I think we're hoping for more, but that's not bad. There you go. Suns continue to lead the Clippers 101-81, just five minutes left now in the City of Angels in that fourth quarter. Gave you the other three scores. Heat 111-108. Tyler Hero had 41 big ones in that win for Miami. Grizzlies 142-101. Continue to play great ball. John Morant had 25 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, a little triple-double for Ja. And then the Jazz in OT cool off the Red Hot Pelicans, who were 18-9 and going in, dropped to 18-10. and Clarkson had 39-8 and boards. Zion had 31-8-8 in the loss for Nolans. And uh, just four games in the NBA as far as on that Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. And then we did have that one college basketball game that was still rolling, and that was 
Oregon State at home against Seattle, and that game has gone to where a minute 24 to go, and the Beavs have pulled away. A minute 24 to go, 70-56 to 56 in a pick game. Total is 136, so uh, could stay under right now. Ten points you need in that last minute 24, but the Beavs going to beat Seattle at home, and they trailed that game throughout, and it looks like the Suns will break their losing streak as well. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, AI, uh, lots of football coming up. Uh, we've got a bowl game right here in town and not a lot of guys from Florida still on that roster that was uh, intact when they beat Utah in Gainesville in that opening game. You look at that roster up and down for Billy Napier, uh, not a lot of folks making it out here. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, a lot of people think he could be one of the top quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft. He has uh, you know, put his name in the NFL draft. Uh, also, uh, solid offensive lineman. Their center is not going to play. Uh, I'd say several, probably about five or six starters there for the Gators and several other players not going to play in that game. So Oregon State, a big-time favorite. Did you do anything with any of the bowl games coming up on Saturday, including the Las Vegas Bowl? I didn't do anything yet with the Las Vegas Bowl. I did uh, play earlier when the line first came out. SMU, I think, was about a point-and-a-half favorite over BYU. It's gone up uh, since then. I also played Fresno early on against Washington State when the line was uh, at uh, three. Uh, I haven't done anything with the Vegas Bowl. I haven't done anything with the Frisco Bowl, though I am looking at North Texas plus the points. And in the uh, Louisville-Cincinnati game, I'm looking at Cincinnati. Haven't done anything yet. And as far and nothing with the Rice-Southern uh, Miss game, but as far as the Florida-Oregon State game, it's an interesting handicap because you mentioned a lot of players for Florida are not going to be uh, in this game. Oregon State's had a great season. There's nothing not to like about Oregon State, and I know that they're excited to be here. I'm just wondering if I want to lay 10.5 or 11 points with them, considering several factors. Uh, Number one, they're going up against SEC athletes. So they probably are at a disadvantage athletically overall to the uh, athletes that uh, are recruited to Oregon State versus Florida, which leads to a second factor, and that is you're talking now about Florida having to rely on guys who are second and third teamers because a lot of the starters or of the of the starters who have left, they get a chance to show what they can do for next season, the underclassmen, and so they may be very motivated to say, here's a chance to impress the coach. I thought I should have started this year, and I'm going to show him why, and if we get that kind of effort out of the backups who are playing, as opposed to teams who are disinterested, uh, it may be uh, too big of a handicap for Oregon State to overcome as far as covering uh, double digits. Uh, I do think Oregon State will win the game, but I'm thinking it might be closer than that line suggests, but I have not done anything yet on it. Yeah, they have a solid run game. Uh, Damian Martinez outstanding, Jam Griffin, Deshaun Fenwick, so a three-headed monster there, but Jack Miller the third will make his first start. He's a transfer from Ohio State for the Gators. Anthony Richardson talk about him being out. Torrance, uh, All-SEC offensive lineman out as well for the Gators. Ventro Miller, uh, their second leading tackler, outstanding linebacker is out. And then Justin Shorter, wide receiver, he is also opting into the NFL draft. But they do have Montrell Johnson Jr., who came over with Coach Napier from UL Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, had 827 and 10 touchdowns on the ground, and you couple him together with Trevor Etienne, who had 705 and 6 touchdowns. Questionable is Ricky Pierce, the transfer from Arizona State, uh, leads the receiving core. Uh, Xavier Henderson, Dejon Reynolds, these guys will play 
as well for the Gators. So you're right. There are athletes that are still there. Secondary, Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance, 150 tackles between the two of those guys. And it's a Florida team, plus eight in the turnover department, plus eight in the sack department, and a team that did beat Utah in the opener. Of course, Richardson played his best game of the year in that opener. For Oregon State, Ben Gobranson, a versatile quarterback, not uh, too flashy, but he will tuck it under and run. He has four rushing touchdowns. Love the Swiss Army knife, and I'm looking forward to watching Jack Coletto play in person. He's another Taysom Hill, in my estimation, a guy that's going to be able to be used in many facets at the NFL level. I like Coletto. Uh, He had 23 tackles from his linebacker position. He had 25 rushes, six touchdowns on the ground, and he had uh, three receptions as well. So uh, he's a a guy that uh, is going to be fun to watch, and I'll be looking forward to seeing him. And then Coach Smith's got some good defensive player in spades, uh, outstanding linebacker Fisher Morris is another good one. Oladapo, 76 tackles from his uh, cornerback position. And uh, Grant and Cooper Jr., three interceptions each. So a very opportunistic Oregon State team. And again, even though I'm an SC fan, Oregon State should have won that game in Corvallis. But of course, they've changed the rules and uh, let you kind of you know hold guys up and push them. There is no forward progress, really, that's marked anymore uh, You know until guys that pushed the pile five, six yards. They did that in that fourth down play in Corvallis. Uh, USC did, and that kept the drive alive. It was a game-winning drive, and they were able to come out of there with a W against Oregon State. But what Jonathan Smith has done at his alma mater, Andy, and going 9-3 and three this year, it's a lot of fun to watch that program excel. And you get a lot of kids stay there for their full tenure that will play it out, guys like Coletto, that will play the full, full four or five years. Yeah, and the other thing that I was going back to as far as the depth uh, and the ability of Florida to uh, have the, the the guys who don't get as much playing time to now be relied upon with the bulk of the playing time, it's not as significant a, f- a factor here as it may be later in the bowl season where teams will have had three or four weeks to adjust for guys who have already opted out, say, at the start, uh, you know, like right after the end of the regular season. Uh, it's almost like with an injury, yeah, and they usually say that you play better, you know, when you're missing a star player, but even for the not-so-star players, you know, you get injured uh, on a Saturday and then you got to play next Saturday, you don't have that as much time to work those new players in as you do when your regular season ends on, let's say, I don't know, what was it, like the 26th of, uh, of uh, November, right after Thanksgiving, and then uh, immediately uh, you don't play, so you play in many times a month to five weeks later, you have a chance to work in those new players who you, reply, who you will uh, uh, rely upon, so they'll get a lot of reps for those teams that don't play, let's say, until uh, after Christmas. There you go. Good stuff. All right, real quick, AI, uh, before I go to break, uh, a couple other games on Saturday. Fresno State, Washington State was one of the games you mentioned. That'll be in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Fresno State with Jake Hayner at quarterback. No doubt this uh, this kid can flat out play. Those teams other than uh, Michigan or Georgia right now at the end of the season. Yeah, and Hayner's the guy that makes that offense go. And then Evan Williams, uh, who also missed the same three games that Hayner missed, uh, defensively, he's the leader, was a leading tackler last year, finished with 62 tackles, the senior safety. Uh, they've got some good receivers in Moreno Cropper and Remigio, and uh, Jordan Mims pretty good out of the backfield. Do you like Fresno State against Wazoo? Because Wazoo's got that transfer from Incarnate Word, Cameron Ward, who had a pretty good year himself, and Nakia Watson, the transfer from uh, Wisconsin, has done a nice job in the backfield. Who do you like in that one, Wazoo and Fresno State in L.A.? Fresno State minus four, total of 52. Did you say you played the Bulldogs? Yeah, I laid three when it first came out. Now, Washington State, if you look at their record this year, I don't believe that they beat a single team that is in a bowl game, meaning that their wins came against the lower half 
of the Pac-12 this year, and I think they had one uh, FPS win. So uh, now, uh, clearly, overall, you'd have to say the Pac-12 is a better conference than the Mountain West, although I think the gap is not as great as a lot of people think. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder if Washington State is as good as perhaps uh, this line suggests. I mean, the fact that the non that the Group of Five team, Fresno State, is favored at all over Pac-12 team tells you something. And I think the way Fresno State is playing, I think they wish they could play three or four more games this season. That's the kind of momentum that that they've had. You know, the only concern, and again, it's only been a few weeks since they haven't played that because they did play that uh, first weekend in December when they won at Boise to win the championship. So it's almost as if last week was a bye week uh, that uh, uh, they should be able to carry that momentum over. It's a lot different than if they had, say, three or four weeks off. I think at that point the momentum wears down a little bit. Great stuff, Andy Isco. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday. Going to hit some of the top NFL games. Keep it right here. SportsX Radio getting the archives up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. Mark Hoke takes us to break. You like professional wrestling. You'll love the Mark Hoke Show. 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Real quick before we go to break. Mark. Tell everybody about your little event on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to be at Unique Eats, 3100 South Durango. I hope Andy Isco is going to show up, but, uh, you know, he can enjoy some food. But we're going to be there from noon to 1.30 after the show, hanging out. We've got we've got jazz. We've got Santa Claus. We've got giveaways. We've got 15% off. you just got to come up and say hi to us, and we'll get you all hooked up on that. I mean, it's a great food. If you just want to stop and grab a smoothie and say hi, they've got that or a mimosa, or whatever, man. It's, and, of course, Dominic has the award-winning pizzas as well. I mean, he's an inter, he's been in international competitions. There you go. So if you need a pizza to, and want to watch some football, Unique Eats, the place to do it, 3100 South Durango, noon to one thirty, and we'll see you there. There you go, and we'll be right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Keep it right here, live from Vegas. Sometimes I'm tired, sometimes I'm shocked. I go to extremes on Throwback Thursdays with Andy Isco on. Can't get a word in edgewise. Well, actually, this week I can because Krivsky's not here in studio with him. So uh, get to speak a little bit here on this Throwback Thursday. If you listen to the first quarter or two, (laughs) I thought there was going to be the Orioles song that was playing. No, the Magic song. Yeah, we got to wait a little bit. uh, we'll, we'll Mark, we Mark still do that, Ken? <laughs> oh no, no. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it for next year for sure. All right. Yeah, it's uh, man. When they win a hundred games, you're gonna wow, a hundred games. Well, my I'll give goodness, them, I'll give them ninety five. All right, ninety five. We'll uh, take it. Twenty twenty three plus uh, April and May of twenty twenty four. There you go, Andy um, Isco. Of course, hailing from uh, same area Billy Joel's from. Right, Andy? Is he a Long Island guy? He's uh, one or two towns over. Yeah. There you go. All right, AI. Real quick. Uh, I'm just going to go rapid fire with you, NFL. But before that, what about the Satterfield Bowl with Louisville and Cincinnati from Fenway Park? I mean, that's got to be a cool place. There'll be winds about 15 miles an hour. But Louisville's a two-point favorite, and Malik Cunningham's not playing. You said you were leaning towards Cincinnati, did you not? 
Yeah, I did. I haven't seen uh, the move yet. If, if there's going to be a move there, I'd like to see it go up to three. I don't know if it'll get there. If it does, it might be bought back very quickly. But uh, I would prefer going with uh, Cincinnati uh, at that price, especially with Cunningham. It was so vital to the uh, Louisville offense, and they struggled when he was uh, not there. There you go. All right, so San Fran wins it tonight, 21-13. The final Saturday, we've got a triple header on the NFL Network. Ravens and Browns, Lamar Jackson will not play. Huntley was cleared to uh, get back into the practice after clearing concussion protocol. Uh, Browns are minus three, even money at the Westgate. Last I saw AI, I'm going to take, I actually did take the Browns. I got them laying less than a field goal. In fact, right now, Westgate Superbook, it is minus two and a half and minus 120. 38 your total, but I think Cleveland's going to take care of business against the Ravens. What about you? Yeah, I didn't play it. If I if I were to play it now that it's at three, I would play Baltimore. I think fundamentally they're still the better team. Their defense has really shown in uh, improvement since they made that uh, trade with uh, Chicago at the deadline for what was it, Rokan Smith, I believe. Um, and they, they just the overall experience. Uh, Cleveland's not going to the uh, playoffs this year. Uh, not a total surprise. Uh, we still haven't seen uh, Watson uh, look uh, anything close to sharp. And it's an important game for Baltimore because they, uh, you know, they pretty much control their destiny. They, they are going to play Cincinnati uh, in the last week of the season, and most likely the winner of that game uh, hosts a divisional game. Uh, the loser will be uh, most likely a, a wild card. But don't know that I want to play it because it is a good spot for Cleveland. All right, so four and a half minutes. I'm going to try and get in five and a half games. How's that? How about Dolphins, Bills? Bills minus 744. Could see some snow. I like the Bills a lot. In fact, Super Contest, you know because you're my proxy, I laid the seven and a half with Buffalo. That's how much I feel Miami's going down. Well, I didn't lay it in the uh, Super Contest, the seven and a half, but I did lay the seven in the Circa, which is minus seven. So I'm with you on Buffalo. All right. Commanders and Giants, they flexed that to Sunday night. I like the Commanders minus the four and a half. I know they just tied a couple weeks ago, but the Giants got they just got bum rushed by uh, Hoax Eagles big time at home, forty-eight fourteen. Meanwhile, the Commanders were off, and you know the last team they played were the Giants. Now they're at home, and I thought they should have won the first game. I think they're going to take care of business by more than a touchdown. What about you in this one? I, I'm taking the Giants with the points. If you look at the series history, the last few years, I think they've had games decided by three, one, one, and the tie game. And the one game that wasn't the three-point decision was the final game of the season last year, where uh, neither team really cared. And I think Washington won uh, 22 to seven. But again, neither team was uh, going anywhere. So I, I like the fact that these teams are so competitive. They know each other, competitive with each other. I th- I would have taken the Giants with three and a half. Now the numbers do suggest Washington, but. Again, Again, you're talking about a divisional rivalry, and I like divisional dogs, especially when the teams are relatively close in talent. Jets got a lot of money since yesterday. It went to minus one and a half, 44 and a half. Mike White will play against the Lions. I like the Jets and the defense here. Yeah, as do I. I played it at Pickham earlier in the week. All right, and then we've got Cowboys and Jaguars. Jags coming off a nice effort in Tennessee. Cowboys fortunate to win at home against H-Town. Maybe, uh, I don't want to say looking ahead, they got the Eagles coming into Dallas next week, but what about Cowboys minus 447.5? You think Prescott bounces back, or does Sunshine keep things going, uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, plus the four at home? Well, the last time when the Jags went to uh, 
the Chargers and beat them badly, which was their most impressive game of the season, perhaps until last week. They lost in a competitive game that they led early at Philadelphia, where they ended up losing by eight and not covering. I think this is a short line. Maybe part of it is an overreaction to both results from last week, uh, Jacksonville's win and Dallas's struggles, and the fact that Philadelphia is on deck. But uh, the Cowboys know if they don't beat Jacksonville, the game against Philadelphia isn't going to mean much even if they win. So I think that we get a focused effort out of, of Dallas, and maybe the best thing that happened to the Cowboys, because Jacksonville is a much improving team, best thing that may have happened was that they did struggle last week. All right, two-minute warning, and not the two-minute warning that they have in the NFL. Real two minutes, AI. Titans and Chargers. Chargers minus three, even money, 46 and a half. Uh, I'm contemplating the uh, Titans in this one. I'll excuse the effort uh, last week. Uh, teams have those kind of efforts. Chargers could have won a lot easier than they did uh, last week, although they, uh, and I had the Chargers last week uh, against Miami, uh, but I expect Tennessee to bounce back, although I, you know, Tennessee. All right. I had the Chargers as well, but I did have the Titans, so I will not excuse them in that game against Jacksonville. Bengals and Buccaneers. <laughs> Bengals and Buccaneers. Uh, Bengals minus three and a half on the road against Brady. Uh, again, it doesn't much matter what the Buccaneers do. They're still going to be right there in the hunt for the playoffs in that week, NFC South. Yeah, you know, we talked about this the last few weeks, the momentum that Cincinnati has built up. They're off those back-to-back-to-back tough games against Tennessee, Kansas City, and the satisfying win against Cleveland. I think this is a spot where they have a little bit of a letdown. I mentioned it last week, a uh, non-conference game. Uh, Tampa Bay still playing because they're being chased uh, in that division with Carolina, who controls their own destiny, by the way. Uh, I took the three-and-a-half with... uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Buccaneers. All right, and then uh, last game got thirty seconds. Raiders minus one forty four and a half against Belichick and the Patriots. Something tells me you're going with the Pats. Uh, student against pupil. Uh, I know that uh, McDaniel's beat him with Denver uh, when he was coaching the Broncos, but uh, the. The Patriots are playing for a wild card. Uh, the Chargers are, uh, excuse me, the, uh, Raider, the Raiders are playing, I think, at this point for next year. Great stuff. At Vegas Andy 711 AI, have a great weekend. We'll do it again next Thursday, pal. I'll look forward to it and uh, hopefully be in studio next week. There you go. Great stuff from Andy Isco. Thanks to Kevin Kruger. Thanks to Chep Buchanan. Thanks to my producer, Mark Hoke. And thanks to you, the listeners. That'll do it for us on a throwback Thursday. Tomorrow morning, we get rolling on the Friday football fiasco. Myself and Brad Powers will take you through the bowl games through the 23rd of December. We'll get into the NFL schedule as well in detail. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you folks. Talk to you tomorrow night on a Friday football fiasco. God bless. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.